Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. So today, what I want to talk about is expanding our capacity to accomplish more than we could ever imagine. Expanding our capacity to accomplish more than we could ever imagine. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 that, you know what, God is able to accomplish more than we can ever imagine or think of in our life. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how God does that today. But how many of you know if you're going to expand in any, of your, any area of your life, you have to participate. Participating with God is one of the secrets to success in your life and those people around you's life. God calls us to not, to not just sit and, and experience him, but he wants us to experience him so we can expand our capacity and our influence. And, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about how to, to do that. I want to talk in the vein of being fulfilled versus just being full. How many of you have ever been full, but you ate the wrong thing? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of ate because it was what was available, and you filled up on maybe some sort of junk food, and then it just kind of it weighed you down. It made you sluggish, and a little bit later, you didn't, you didn't feel very good because you filled up. On the, on the wrong thing. I remember one time in, in high school, I filled up on brownies. <laughs> but these were unique brownies because my friend, instead of using like vanilla extract, he used X-lax. <laughs> and he did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of friends I had. <laughs> Filling up with the wrong stuff will lead to unfulfillment in your life. I, I remember another time I drove a diesel vehicle whenever I was a young teenager. And I pulled in to the service station, is what we called them back then, gas station, you know, go-go mark, whatever you call it, to, to fill up my tank with fuel. But I, I put the wrong kind of fuel in a, in a diesel automobile. I, I put gasoline in instead of diesel fuel. Now, I can't tell you what all we had to do in order to, to fix that, but I can tell you what my daddy did because I put the wrong fuel in the, in the wrong vehicle. He's like, you just don't make those kind of mistakes, son. And anyway, he, he kind of gave me a hard time about it. Then they had to dump the tank, like do some kind of siphon, some kind of fuel pump repair, all these kind of things. Because because I put the wrong thing in, and the engine wasn't meant to run on 
on that component or just, just gasoline it was meant to run on diesel fuel. And I wonder how often we're putting things in our life to just fill our life up, but we're really not being fulfilled. And today I'm going to talk about fulfillment because really fulfillment is, is, is here for every one of us. If we choose to put the right things in our life and be focused on the right things with our life. But I can tell you right now, we all, we all get hungry. We all have desires, don't we? And what we'll do when we have a desire or we become hungry, we'll just grab the first thing that looks available and we'll fill our life with that. And if that don't work, we'll, we'll run over here and we'll fill our life with another thing. When that don't work, we will add something else to it. And all of a sudden, our life is so full that we feel our, our capacity is up. And today, I'm going to talk to us about expanding our capacity. If you could just think with me for just a few moments, the, these two, two uh, bowls represent our lives. In some of our life, it feels very small right now, and it feels very full. Others in here today, we're, we, we've got room for expansion. And today we're going to talk about how to move from having a life that's just filled up with stuff and, and things to having the life that God intends for us to have. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to jump to a few different passages today because I want to make a point today about, about being fulfilled and not just being a fool. You know, Jesus gave this remarkable talk in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And late in the middle of that talk, known as the Sermon on the Mount, he said something remarkable. He said it this way in the middle of his, in the middle of his talk. He says in Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33, he says, Don't worry about these things. He's referring to some things he just talked about right before that. He says, Don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, of those who haven't trusted God, trusted that God can do more in them and through them than they can ever imagine or think of. He says this is what dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. He goes on to say, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Does your life feel too full today, but you're not satisfied? I want to propose a couple of things to you today that I think God wants to, to maybe work in you and he wants to work some things out of you. Now, there's nothing wrong with having things in our life. There's nothing wrong with having a job, making money, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with, you know what, uh, going to the sports game, you know, watching uh, football, going to stadiums full of hundreds of thousands of people and cheering for your favorite team, the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. 
There's nothing wrong with celebrating, you know, holidays, right? I mean, it, it is almost time to decorate a pumpkin in our culture, right? Little fall festival, those kind of things. Nothing wrong with that. But, but it's these things, you know, the ball games, the, the holidays, the, you know, uh, the, the, the money making. Are, are those things filling your life? but your life's still not fulfilled. Oh, you're just waiting for, for the next thing. And, and because those things aren't fulfilling your life, you're thinking, well, well, maybe I could just, you know what, find that special someone and it could be my groom or be my bride and then I will be fulfilled. My soulmate, hallelujah. But then after three or four years with that soulmate, you still don't feel fulfilled. And you're like, well, I know what we can do. We can throw a reveal party. And we can, you know, have blue and pink and decide, you know what, because we have eight kids, that will fulfill our life. No, that, that will fill your life. Again, nothing wrong with having kids, nothing wrong, wrong with finding that special someone, nothing wrong with going to the ball game, nothing wrong with your job. There's all kinds of things in, in this life, in this, in this life that feels so small and compacted. I mean, you know, the party, right? <laughs> Filling my life with the next thing. Because my desire is so strong and everything I've put in there is not fulfilling it yet. I, I want to propose to you today that nothing is wrong with many of the things that we put into our life. But, but what is wrong is we fill our life with all of these things, our, our job, you, I mean, you name it. And because we don't have a sense of fulfillment uh, we, we go to the next thing and all of a sudden we have this smorgasbord of ideas and our life is so full, we're exhausted. We don't have time. I, I want to propose to you that you do have time. Everybody's got the same amount of time. I know you think you don't have as much time as I do or I don't have as much time as you do because you know we all do different things, but we all have the same amount of time. It's just how we choose to spend those 24 hours. It's how we choose to fill our life with those 24 hours. Everybody has the same amount of time. But some of us are not fulfilled in the time we have because we're filling our life with so many things that nothing has significance. So what is Jesus saying in this passage? He's saying, get first things first. And then your life can be fulfilled and not just full. Literally what Jesus is saying is, you know what, seek, seek his kingdom. The, the kingdom has a king. His name is Jesus. It's God's kingdom. And God's kingdom has already come, but not here yet. It's both and. In other words, Jesus has come once, but he's coming again. 
But King Jesus has come and paid the price, the penalty for humanity's sin on a cross. And he's setting up a kingdom and he's inviting all people into that kingdom. And Jesus is saying, look, what you need to do, instead of seeking all of these things to fulfill the desires of your heart, seek first, put me in the center of your life. And watch what I can do. See what I can do. You're like, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm seeking, I'm seeking his kingdom first. Are you? And again, he's given us lots of ways to identify if his kingdom is first in our life. Multiple ways. But what Jesus is saying in this passage is, if you can learn to do this, if your life feels like, you know what, I, I, I just can't get God in, in my life because it's so jam-packed. He's like, expand your capacity. Start seeing from God's point of view. Instead of your limited human point of view. Make my kingdom central in your life. And all these things you tend to worry about, party, work, holidays, Gamecocks, Dodgers. I got some monkeys in here. Y'all remember that game? You linked the monkeys. relationships. I could just reach down and get me one more relationship. Everything will be all right. He says, put that in here. Put me first. Put all these other things in here. Babies, money. I mean, you name it. Candy. And he says, if you will so put me first, I can add all these other things you tend to worry about. And expand your capacity and there'll be even room for more. But I want to propose the question to all of us today because there's some thermometers that God has given me and you to see what is first in our life. Matter of fact, many of us, we, we worship on Sunday, the first day of the week. I know the Sabbath was on Saturday. But we worship King Jesus on the first day of the week. The first thing that comes out of our mouth is on the first day of the week is praises towards our great God. We're here worshiping on the first day because he is first in our life. He is resurrected from a grave. He is the first fruits from, from the dead. He is the one that we're worshiping here. We worship him first. Worshiping first. We, we, we offer an opportunity for people to give, you know what, on the first day of the week, their, their first fruits, their, their first income. And again, this is what we call tithe in, in the Bible, a tenth of everything that God gives me. I bring it into God's, God's mission, God's family. 
And again, it's, it's not, you know what, a, a command that I've got to do it, but, but guess what? I get to do it. And, and it's a way for me to recognize what's first in my life. Do I really believe that God is my provider? And so I worship him first, not last. I worship him first. And I really, for me personally, is a principle of first. Offering it up first, not after, first. He don't have the leftovers in my life. He has it first. First fruits, first day. And again, these are multitudes of ways for us to really see if his kingdom and his righteousness are first in our life. Is Jesus what your life revolves around? Is his kingdom what, what your life revolves around? Because literally what he's saying is put me in the center and all of these other things that you tend to give your time, your energy, your resources, and, and they, they steal the desires of your heart. I, what, I, what he's saying is put me in the center and I'll give you the capacity to, to hold so much more. See, desire is good. It's just bad when it's misappropriated. God wants you to be fulfilled, but he wants you to seek him and his righteousness to, to find that fulfillment. Desire is in us all. Desire is a good thing. And, and, but what we do is we misappropriate those desires and, and we get our priorities wrong and we desire certain things that that God has put in our life to, to help build our life, but he wants our desire to be for him in relationship with him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then, you know what, that worry because I got such a stuff-filled life and they're not doing what I want. I mean, I didn't even put my marriage in here. Basketball, everything. Because my capacity is expanded. In, in other words, I have an eternal vision, not a limited earthly vision. His kingdom is bigger than my kingdom. His king kingdom is, is eternal and not just earthly. So, so, my focus has to get on his kingdom if I want to expand my capacity. Because if it's just on what I'm experiencing here and what my desire is here, then I'm going to miss so much about what he wants to do through me and in me. Jesus is trying to expand all of our capacity. But some of us, you know what? Jesus is trying to make us a five-gallon bucket. But, but we're a gallon jug. And, and we're so full with our gallon jug. And, and Jesus is like, would you just put me in your life? And then you could pour that gallon in there and you could handle so much more. Do you have a gallon life? Or do you have a five-gallon life? Your capacity really is determined by what is in the central part of your heart. 
do you see? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these other things will be added unto you as well. The next thing I wrote down is I don't only need to submit myself, put first things first, put him first, but I have to, I have to saturate my heart. But listen to what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5. The writer here says this, starting with verse 15. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Wow. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled, be saturated with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wrote this down in my journal. If I want to have a life that is fulfilled and not just filled, I have to not suppress my life with stuff, but be saturated, have my heart saturated with the Holy Spirit. See, he's referring here, he's not using this passage to be an anti-alcohol passage, which many people make it to do. But there were people in this community, they, they actually worshipped a wine god. And they would have these big wine festivals. And because they worshipped this wine god, they would drink a lot of wine. And can, did I tell you what a lot of wine does? It makes you act thoughtlessly. And many times people drink lots of wine because they want to suppress their feelings. And he says, don't you do that. Don't be like that. Don't just suppress your feelings with stuff and stiff drink and all this kind of stuff. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be saturated with the Holy Spirit. So how do I saturate my life with the Spirit of God? Well, it's not a one-time event. It's a continual process. In other words, the Spirit of God is alive and well in your life if you have trusted Jesus Christ and put him in your life. If you made him king of your life, the Spirit of God is available to you like a fresh drink of water. But you just don't drink him one time. You continually let the Holy Spirit of God come in, saturate you, purge the old out, and put the new things of God in. And it's like getting a daily fresh drink of water. You have to submit yourself to the Spirit of God. Come under his authority because he's the counselor, he's the coach. He's trying to make you better than you are. And the writer says, don't suppress your life by just 
adding more stuff, saturate your heart and your life with the Holy Spirit. So what does that produce when I do that? In other words, I I can run dry, by the way. I've got Jesus in my life. He has salvaged me from all of my sin. He has taken the sin of the world away on his shoulders. I believe that. I have eternal life. But some of us have a a filled up life and not a fulfilled life because we're not submitting ourselves to the Spirit of God who lives in us. And what he's doing is he's working contrary to what I am just thinking in my mind and my heart and my feelings want to do. As a matter of fact, the writer of many of our New Testament letters, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, it's the Spirit of God that brings my body under submission to God. Because I can tell you right now, my body wants to do things oftentimes that is contrary to what God wants to do. So, so I want to show you how you can know if you're filling up on the Holy Spirit. And the writer says it this way in Galatians 5, Verses 19 through 23, he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that would be your flesh. It's not bringing that under submission. He says the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He says, let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, produces this kind of fruit. This is what is the outflow of the Spirit of God working in your life produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so that's the mark that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is working in your heart and in your life. Those become characteristic. It's not a checkoff list. I'm not always producing joy. I'm not always producing self-control. But I can tell you right now, that encapsulates where the direction of my life is headed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the opposite of that is, you know what? I I, I have selfish ambition. I don't have self-control. I don't have love for others in my heart. I just love myself. And he's saying all of these things are things we feel, but whenever we just feel that way and we're not saturating our life with the Holy Spirit and submitting our life to Christ, what happens? We just fill our life up with all these other things and, and we wonder why we're not fulfilled. We're miserable people. It's because we're trying to suppress what God wants to do. He wants to grow you. The Holy Spirit grows you, my friend. And I'm not just talking about inner knowledge. It grows you in your walk. The Spirit of God helps you run and not grow faint. It's the living God. 
And he's the one that helps you run this race of faith in Christ Jesus. He's the one that, you know what, Christ liberates us. Then the Holy Spirit comes in us. And if we will saturate, come underneath his leadership, his coaching every single day of our life, we can be filled up like a fresh drink of water. It's tough. Sometimes to let the Holy Spirit saturate my life. The reason is, is because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, who lives in me. Works contrary to what me wants to do. The writer of the New Testament, Paul, said it kind of this way. He says, you know what, my, my flesh wants to do one thing, but the Spirit says do another, but I want to do what my flesh wants to do. But I know I need to follow what the Spirit wants me to do. It's kind of like a battle. Anybody ever feel this tension? And, and I can tell you right now, when, whenever, whenever you begin to want to fulfill your fleshly desires, it always is, is something short-term that destroys your long-term success. I'm just going to feel it. You know, she ain't meeting my need today, so I'm just going to fill it with something else. Short-term success or short-term satisfaction will destroy your long-term success. Satisfy, 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 satisfy this desire, satisfy that desire. And what the Spirit of God helps us all do after we come underneath the rule and reign of Christ, because you know what, if he is the king of your life, that means he rules and reigns your life, then the Holy Spirit comes in like this magnificent coach and asks you to do things you don't want to do, but you know that he is for you and not against you. And if you submit to him and you do the reps, guess what? He'll build you up in your faith and you'll walk stronger each and every day. Submit to Christ. You want to expand your capacity? Put him in the center of your life. Saturate your life with the Holy Spirit. And I wrote down one more thing. Because it's one, it's one thing to hunger and thirst and eat the goodness of God and who he is. But God never comes into any individual's life for that individual to be a container that just holds God. It's not what you're designed for. It's not what we're designed for. So I have to set my sights on the mission. I have to work what has been put in me. It's called ministry. And all believers are called to ministry, administrating the good news of who God is and what he wants to do in the next layer of people's life. It's called, called discipleship, whatever you want to call it. 
but it's helping people understand the rule and reign of God in their life, who Christ really is. And then, then it's being saturated with the Holy Spirit and understanding that God is bigger than me and he wants me to belong to something, belong to something purposeful and fulfill my mission. You know, no one just sits down at, at a table and just eats and eats and eats. What will they do? But what they do is just eat themselves into oblivion. We would call it in our vernacular gluttony. But you eat not just for the taste of the food, you eat for the nutrition of the food. So it can fuel your body for your body to get up and do something exercise or whatever you want to call it. But, but can I tell you, there, there's a lot of people that are stalemated in their life and they're weighed down because, you know, they, they're, you know, got Christ in the center, the Holy Spirit's filling their life, but they're not living life on mission. And they're filled with God, but they're not fulfilled in life. You know why? It's because you're not being purposeful. And doing the part that God has called you to do. And I want to show it to you today. It's, it's found in your Bible that uh, where, where Jesus had an encounter with a lady of a, of, a, of a foreign country known to the people he was with. He, it's, it's in John 4. It's a story of the woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. And Jesus comes along, he's tired, he's thirsty. Bible says he sits down by this well in Samaria and there's a lady who came out to fill her water jar at the community well. Jesus strikes up a conversation with her and he begins to talk to her about how many things she had been trying to fill her life with. She had limited capacity and Jesus he begins to share with her, you, you've been trying to fill your life, all your life. The reason you're out here at this well, more or less, at this time of the day is because, you know what? The people in your community has made you feel like a little person because you have been trying to fill your life, all your life, with relationships with men. Jesus says, go and get your husband. We'll talk about this a little bit. And then she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're exactly right. And other, other men you live with weren't your husbands either. What does this tell us about the lady? She was searching for the meaning of life. And Jesus wasn't condemning her. He's just saying, look, your capacity is limited because you're looking for the meaning of life in all the wrong places. Jesus says, you know what? Put me in your life. Make me the center of your life. And you'll never have to come out here and fill your water jar again because I'll fulfill everything in your heart and you can live life on purpose. The Bible says that immediately 
the lady got up and went back into the village where she just came from, full of shame, guilt, and lack of honor. And she stepped back into that community. And all the people in the community, she went back and said, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the liberator? Could this be the one that we've all been looking for? The Bible says they stream out to come, to come and see Jesus. And then his disciples returned because they had gone into town to get some sandwiches because they were all hungry. They come back, all these people are coming, they see Jesus talking to this woman at, at the well, they're like all confused and they're like, Jesus, don't you want a sandwich? And I want to show you what Jesus says to them. The Bible says, meanwhile, in verse 31, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have the kind of food that you know nothing about. Because while you've been in town getting a sandwich to feel that desire, that hunger in your stomach, he says, I was fulfilling my purpose. I was reaching across gender lines. I was reaching across ethnic lines. I was reaching into a lady who had found her value in relationships. I was touching a life that had never been touched. I was fulfilling my purpose that God called me here to do. Look what he says. Well, they go on and they say, well, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other and Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit that they harvest is people brought to eternal life. My friend, we are to live on the same mission that Jesus lived on. We are to set our sights on this same mission. We are to reach across, you know what, all kinds of lines and reach into people's life with the good news of who Christ is. And we're to help them understand, you know what, you come back to the, to the well day after day after day searching for water to drink, but there's one who can give you water or give you life so you never thirst again. And his name is Jesus and my friend, he will pour out the Holy Spirit in your life if you would so dare allow him to be the center of your life and you would submit your life and let him saturate you on a daily basis. He will raise you up and he will begin to give you significant purpose no matter where you've been. And I'm, I'm afraid many of us are like the disciples. We're, we're believing that Jesus alone is going to do all the work in somebody's life. And yes, he did the work on the cross. But I need to declare to you today, those who have stepped into the kingdom, we are workers of the field. And he wants to do a work in this world, not just through what he did on the cross, but through you and through me. Do you see the fields that are white for harvest? Has Jesus given you a fresh drink of water? Or is the things in life just sad or just, just holding you back? Expand your capacity. It's known as a world vision, an eternal vision. Jesus says, here's the deal. 
those who are coming, they're ripe for eternal life. It's about eternal life with God. It's about the next person receiving this eternal life. It's about us working our gifts together, laying it all down. It's all about eternal life. Jesus says, look, if you'll put him in the center, if you allow the Holy Spirit to saturate you, and you will set your sights on God's mission in this earth, your life can be expanded. I just so dare believe that God wants to use a few people in this room today to do amazing things. I don't think he brought this crowd here today to just sit and hear another message. I think he's calling some of you to get engaged with the work that he is doing in this earth. But my friend, it starts with making Jesus the king of your heart, submitting yourself to the outflow of the Holy Spirit, and then living life daily focused on his mission. It's not saying that none of this other stuff is important. All of these things are important. All of these things can come into your life. But let's make the mission in Jesus the thing that is central and our focus on that. And let's see what God can do. Can you bow your heads today? God, I thank you so much for every person here today. God, I pray that you would allow our hearts to come in alignment with your heart. God, it's really why we pray to you, our Heavenly Father. It's not to just fulfill our needs. God, it's to align our heart. We want what you want, God. For every person here, you wanted them in right relationship with you. It's why you gave your one and only son, your begotten son on a cross so that we could all be forgiven of missing the mark of your glorious standard and know how much you love us and want a relationship with us. God, if there is one here today that haven't taken their faith and put that in King Jesus, may they make Jesus the king of their life by faith today. You resurrected him from the grave. He defeated darkness he defeated the grave. He defeated death itself. And God, you raised him to be eternal king. And God, I, I know that one day we'll all face physical death here. But God, you want to expand. You want to expand our influence. You don't want us just to make an earthly difference. You want us to make an eternal difference. So God, I pray you would saturate people's heart with the Holy Spirit today. God, let them dip back into you every single day and get that fresh, fresh living spirit of God in them on a daily basis. And spirit, would you challenge us? Would you nudge us to be on mission, to live life on purpose, to join up with your family, your church, and do remarkable things in our families, in our community, and around the world? God, may we submit to you today in whatever area we need to submit. And we pray this in King Jesus' name. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.